I'm Dawn. And I'm Ashley. We would like to welcome you to the Work It, You Are Worth It podcast. Where two friends sit around and talk about healing, growth, and healthy relationships. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Dawn. How are you? I'm great. Welcome back from vacation. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be home. Good, good. I'm sure you had a wonderful time and... I did. Cruises are amazing, and I recommend them for everyone everywhere. I am definitely. It's I've wanted to do one, I, and I think after talking to you, it's up at the. It's on the. It's the top of the bucket list. Why not? Why not? Yeah, it, it is absolutely good. my number one vacation for sure, and I will be doing many more. And what's crazy when you say that is you went to freaking Ireland last year. And so not only did I go to Ireland, I went to Ireland with my best friend and we drove the entire coast ourselves. <laughs> so that right? that says a lot about this cruise. It just speaks volumes. It was yeah. it was an amazing cruise. We had amazing people and we had an amazing time and it was just an absolutely picture perfect dream vacation. Oh good. Good. I'm um I'm glad you had a great time. You definitely deserved it. Thank so. you. Me too. So I have to share something that happened uh, last week or the week before. I can't remember now because um, it's been a couple weeks since you and I've talked. But and I, I, str- I mean, I did really well. But there's still some old pa- behaviors that kind of creep up. You know what I mean? So I thought maybe we could talk about it. I want to share what happened. So Dylan. And I know, I know you know, I'm in about three weeks, I'm actually headed there to Texas for three weeks. So he um, texts me a couple of weeks ago. This was, this would have been the Wednesday before the 4th of July. So this Wednesday will be two weeks. And he's like, hey, mom, I might not have, or we might not have air when you're here. So North Texas has been having ridiculous a ridiculous heat wave like it's been in the 120s i'm like of course immediately i'm like what do you mean we we won't have air right with 120 degrees we gotta have ac yeah he's like well we'll have air it works at night my calip calip some part is cracked and so it doesn't work during the day but it works at night so when it gets hot and we need it, we don't have it. But when it cools down, we don't necessarily need need it. We have a little bit of earth. Exactly. Exactly. So I, of course, my whole body, like, ugh, because I'm thinking I'm not going to have air. What kind of vacation is that for me? I'm just being honest, right? I was right. totally thinking of myself. Number two, my dog. I'm like, how is Bo going to do in the heat? He can't do that. And I'm thinking of the cats. And so, like, I'm, like... We're going to have three adults, three animals in a, a one-bedroom apartment with no air during the day? Yeah, that, that would be fun. So I 
started going in not not on him but in my head right i started like okay what am i gonna you know like what do i need to do do i need to call so of course immediately he tells me this i'm online what are the what are the laws about you know landlord tenant what are they required to do how quickly have they have to fix it and so i'm i was right do you and i was so i said to him do you want me to make a call yeah <laughs> just like that do you want me to make a call no i got it felt a little way. I'm not going to lie and say I felt, oh, I'm like, okay. I mean, I was like, uh, that uh feeling. We've talked about the uh feeling so many times. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? You don't want me to make a call. I want to fix this. Right. Because I want air conditioning. <laughs> yep. And I was like, okay. And that I let it go. And, and I, I actually surprisingly forgot about it. Like I hadn't lost sleep about it. I haven't worried about it until the other day. It was was it Saturday or yesterday? And I texted him, hey, have you heard anything about your air? And he's like, no, I went in there Thursday to find out what was going on. And I was like, okay. But <laughs> what I really wanted to talk about and what I, the part of it was, I really wanted to butt in. I really wanted to, that, that small piece of me, that codependent piece of me, wanted to come in and fix it. And come in and tell. Sounds like you still do. I do because I want air, but and I I'm trying to remember. And you know, it's like my mom. You know, because like when my mom told me, and when I she's like, "Yeah, did you hear Dylan have air?" I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "What are you gonna do?" And I'm like, "I'm not gonna do anything." I said, "What I do is what I do. If if he doesn't have air and I decide not to go, then I just don't go." Or. You know, one of the things I did tell him, because he was like, I don't want to eat out very much while you're here. I want to eat in more. And, you know, so we're going to have to cook. And I was like, well, I'm not eating out or I'm not eating in. I'm not cooking in that kind of heat. Right. If you don't have air and it's 120 degrees out, I am not turning the freaking stove on. I'm sorry. No way. Nothing is going to be happening in that apartment. I'll be sitting there in my swimsuit. Right. Dripping sweat. Yeah. So wishing I was by a pool somewhere. I don't like it. I come home. And so, you know, I was I was able to say that stuff to my mom. But when I was talking to Dylan and when I was in that moment, it was a little bit harder because I did want to take over. I did want to. Oh, well, let me make a phone call and I'll go total. I'll literally go batshit crazy on them and they'll get I'll piss them off because right because I'm on the lease, you know, I blah, blah, blah. And I'll get them to get air and I'll be, you know, and they, they were, one of the tenant things said that you could up to $500, you could pay for it, have it done, and then they could deduct it from your rent. I was all in on, would have been all in on that. And I didn't do anything. I didn't do any of that. I, I really, I didn't do any of that. And I have been very good. And I know that, you know, my vacation, it might look different, but if I cut my vacation short, then, gee, okay, Colin and I pop over to New Orleans for three days, four days, right? Or maybe our vacation looks a little different. But if Dylan is okay with that, there's nothing I can do about that. There's nothing I can say about that because I don't live there. Right. I mean, if you're not okay with your vacation looking different, then don't make it look different. If you're okay with your vacation looking different, then okay, it looks different. Yeah. As far as... Dylan and his air conditioner goes. That's Dylan's air conditioner. That's Dylan's apartment. It doesn't matter that you're on the lease. It doesn't matter that you're going there on vacation. That's Dylan's stuff. Boy, is that really hard to accept when it's something that's going to affect me, right? Like, 
right now we're just talking about the air conditioning and that's not a huge important deal Mm -hmm. but what if we were talking about a divorce what if we were talking about a job when and losing a career or gaining a career or god if we were talking about something that's really really hard for me in this kind of a situation is when i'm talking about watching someone i love put themselves through stuff that pain that they don't need to go through if they would just listen oh yeah right it's really hard to back off and let somebody else's business be their business you know, I think of romantic partners, and I have done this in the past with, with um, a, I don't even say a lot, pretty much all of them. You know, meeting individuals who were not, did not have everything together, and I didn't do it consciously, but it was more of a subconscious thing where it was, ooh, I can fix them. Ooh, let me tell them, and I could tell them exactly how to make their lives better. If you do like you do this and it, sometimes it wouldn't even be blatantly telling them I would manipulate my way through to get them to do what I wanted them to do. Yeah, I'm really good at that. I um, it's easy to see a path that I believe is good for someone I love and push them towards that path. And sometimes it's a, here, take my hand. I'm going to guide you to this path. And other times I get behind them and I shove with all my might. (laughs) And other times I might just gently place my hand on their back and lead them there without them even knowing my hand is there. Yeah. It's very, very, very difficult, right? Like, I, I don't know that I want to give any personal examples of this because there are so many people that I love that listen to this. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but there are so many times in my life where I see someone I love doing something and going on a certain path and I want to look at them and say, like, don't you know that you're really going to hurt yourself if you keep doing this? If you don't take care of yourself and do the things that you know you need to do, you're going to go down a really bad path. And then I'm going to have to detach myself from you. And I don't want to have to detach from you. I don't want to have to watch you hurt. I don't want to have to watch you struggle in your life. So in order Wow, that sounds really selfish, what I'm about to say. Wow, listen to me. Oh, my goodness. In order to prevent myself from having to watch you go through all of this bad stuff, why don't you just avoid all of that pain and come and follow this good path that I know is right for you? (laughs) Um, I'm thinking of a situation we both can relate to, um, and it's our kids. Um, One of the things you and I both have talked about and have bonded on is the fact of controlling our oldest children and acknowledging that maybe our lives didn't turn out the way we would have liked them to ideally and forcing and manipulating and doing what we had to do to get our kids to not have the lives we had that we had at their age. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Um, So I have made no bones about my oldest 
daughter Destiny, right? She, I love her. I'm so happy with everywhere she is right now and proud of her beyond belief. Gosh, was it only a year ago? Wow, it was only a year ago when she quit school, wasn't it? About a year ago, year and a half ago, Destiny graduated high school and she had a 4.25 GPA. She had a scholarship and um, amazing scholarship to UNC Greensboro here in North Carolina. And she had started her first semester. She was living in the dorms and she was going for psychology and she was just on this amazing path in my, in, in my opinion. I had it all worked out, right? We had mm-hmm. planned it together since she was little, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, before she could um, think and talk on her own, you ha- you guys were planning her future. I, I, I actually get that statement. Absolutely. And, and she did everything she could to make herself get there. She worked her ass off to get herself there. And she was there. And mm-hmm. I was so proud of her. She was doing everything I wanted her to do. And then she decided that she was going to do what she wanted to do. And she quit school. And she moved in with the boyfriend in the trailer down the road. And they were drinking. And they were partying. And she was working at a gas station. And she was happy. And I was miserable for her. I was doing every single thing I could to get her to go get a better job or go back to school or do online classes or come back home and don't live in the boyfriend or live with the boyfriend or, right, I was doing every single thing I possibly could to get her off of the path that she had chosen for herself. Doesn't matter that I saw nothing but a life of pain on that path. Right. I, right. Alcohol and drugs and a gas station job and dropping out of school and it, party. It, it was just I just saw a life of pain for her. And it wasn't that I wasn't proud of her because I don't know that there's ever been a day I wasn't proud of my daughter. Right. I, I adore her. She is intelligent. She is so amazing in so many thousands of ways. Um, But I just saw this pain that I I knew she was going to go through. So I did everything in my power to change the path that she was on. I attempted first to guide, right? Here, take my hand, let me show you. And when that didn't work, I went to controlling and bossing and fighting. And when that didn't work, I attempted to manipulate with little questions here and hey how's the job hunt going or hey are you still in school or hey did you ever sign up for online classes or did you ever go to the doctor right just the little things to try to manipulate her Mm -hmm. into doing her life the way I wanted her to do it never once did I stop and hear her never once did I listen to what she wanted Never once did I even consider, I did it, it's so hard to explain. I never once did I even consider where she was mentally and emotionally. And I say that, but I did, right? So in my adult mom mind, 
I thought I knew what she was going through. But not once did I take myself back to being that 19-year-old girl. Yeah. Like, I had the empathy, but I didn't have the perception. And one of the best things I ever did for our relationship, hers and mine, was to back the fuck off. (laughs) Excuse my language, but seriously, like, I don't remember how it happened. I don't remember exactly when it happened. There was this day that, I think it was this day, I I tracked her on Life 360. She was going a certain speed. I remember that. She was on my insurance, yeah. And I called my sponsor, Dawn, thank you. And I, I was just losing my shit about it. Like, I was worried, I was angry. My insurance was the excuse, and then her life. And there was just all kinds of reasons I had. And my sponsor asked me, Dawn asked me, why are you looking at her life 360? She is 19 years old. She does not live with you. She pays her bills. This is her. Why are you looking? And my response was, well, because she's on my insurance. Well, really, all I was is so I could control her. It didn't really have anything to do with my insurance because as soon as I canceled her, right, as soon as she got her own insurance, I still looked at the Life 360 until I turned it off. After that conversation of realizing that it was about control and it was about manipulation and it was about knowing where she was and what she was doing and how she was doing it and then having something to yell at her about or lecture her about. And I stopped. I took her off my Life 360. I stopped asking about doctors. I stopped asking about school. I stopped talking to certain people about the negative things. Actually, I think I stopped talking to everyone about the negative things that she, in my opinion, was doing. And I just let her live her life. And when someone asked about her, I was like, she's having fun. She's being 20. You know how teenagers and young adults are. Let her, she's enjoying life. I'm not not sure exactly what she's doing, this or that. Or, you know, I, I, I would just focus on the positive. And when we spent time together, even when it got rough, I would try to focus on the positive. And thank God she never gave up on me. Um, she still hasn't. We still have our days. We still have our moments where I'm, I'm, right, I want her to behave a certain way. I want her to act a certain way. And she's behaving in a different way than what I want. So I decide that I need to tell her what to do or what to say or give her a dirty look. Or, But we're getting better. We actually enjoy each other now, right? We mm-hmm. hang out together because we want to and not because we feel like a mother and daughter who are obligated to see each other so question for you who changed me i changed i did everything in my my power to change because i need to in order to be okay within myself how miserable is it to check on a 20 year old's location on their cell phone at random hours of the day and night because you're worried about them when you have absolutely no control over any of it. I 
I drove myself insane knowing the thing she was doing that I couldn't let her know I knew she was doing and I couldn't do anything about her doing. Yeah. Because I felt like as a mom, it was my job to know so I could protect her. Except that she doesn't need protecting. She's an adult and she's a damn good one. And I think... And to anyone listening to this, sorry, Dawn, to anyone listening to this, that person that you think I'm describing, except that they are a damn good one and they can't do it. Yes, they are. And yes, they can. (laughs) Because you did it. I did it. Right? I... I, I was I was where she's at, right? Going to be 20, within a couple of years, having a baby and, and not in school and trying to navigate life. And you ha- I know you had a child at, at her age as well. And I was 18 when I had my first and 20 when I had my second. And look, I mean, look at, look at, I mean, I think that's the thing. It's, it, we're so afraid that they're going to end up like us. And so we want to do everything we possibly can to make their lives easier so they don't have to go through what we went through or we have been through. But if in reality, if I look at myself and I, I'm a pretty damn good adult. I'm. Hell yeah. Right? So what am I afraid of? That's what got me. I was afraid of her living in pain. I was afraid of her life being difficult and I was afraid I was afraid of how she would handle that difficult. I don't we don't want to see our no. children hurt. Like it goes against everything in my body to watch my child be in pain. But the pain is what teaches them and that's how you and I learned and that's how they're going to learn. Absolutely. Doesn't make it easy. No, it doesn't. So Dylan has always, and I know you this, has always been on the track of wanting to have his PhD. From little up, that's, from little he was, that's what he wanted to be. Um, So I made sure, and I am, I want to reiterate, I made sure he had every opportunity that he could possibly have to stay on the path that he wanted. Now, Did he tell me every day, 20 times a day, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a doctor? No. But the one time he told me, at probably five, that's all I needed to hear. And I hung on to that because, right, that's, oh, my son wants to be a doctor. My son wants to go get, you know, that's, you know, that's way better than what I would ever do. And, man, I pushed him. And he'll, he'll tell you, I mean, he's going to, hopefully he'll be on in the next few weeks and he'll, everybody will hear this for themselves through him. But I was totally 100% a helicopter mom. Um, Oh yeah. (laughs) Controlling, manipulating. It's so crazy because I wasn't a helicopter mom in that I allowed the kids to go off by themselves and explore and they would go outside at 8 a.m. on a Saturday and come back in at noon. And half the time it was because I told them to get out. (laughs) But I was a helicopter mom in that homework was done at the kitchen table and I checked your homework. And if there was one bad grade, I knew why you got the bad grade, what you got wrong on the test. And we studied it to make sure you understood it. And I knew what your special classes were, your, your, right. You get to choose their electives or whatever. And 
they didn't really choose their elective. Sure, they did, but they had the top three choice. Right, because like, it had to be something on the path that you thought they needed to be on. It couldn't be like some ridiculous thing, because that's a waste right. of time. Right. Like, I had a conversation with Destiny last night. Oh, I'm about to interrupt your story. Finish your story. Sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. You're fine. So, um, so long, like, long story short, he stayed on his path, right? He went and he decided to go get his bachelor's. And about a year in, he decides, I hate the science. I hate the science. I don't want to do this. I don't want to be a doctor. And I will say this was um, pre- coda pre-recovery and I was it was somehow I obviously HP was working even before I even had a relationship and when he told me this I was like okay do what you need to do be happy and he wanted to be a math teacher so we went from six figures right down to less than 50 probably forty thousand dollars in the state of Florida right how does anybody live on $40,000 da, 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 in the state of Florida? You, could, you know, but I was like, okay, do whatever you want to do. Do what makes you happy. I just want you to be happy. And I did. I let him do it. And it ended work. It ended, you know, right. He is, you know, getting his doctorate right now. And so it all worked out. It just looks differently. But I guess the one thing what I'm trying to say is saying all that, the piece that didn't, and Dylan and I have always been, and I know you and Destiny are really, are what this kind of ride or dies as well. You've just yes. always been there and yeah, ride or dies. Ride or die. That's my girl. Us against the world. Exactly. Because it's been that way for, for me, it's been that Ever. way 29 years. Her whole life. Yeah. Jabal's whole life. Destiny's whole life. Yeah. That's it. Right. But we were right or dies, but he didn't like me. He loved me with all his heart. I know my son loves me with all his heart. I know I'm his mama. Yeah, I would have to guess when she was a kid, she probably didn't like me very, very much. We've never actually had that conversation, so I'm not real sure. Yeah, I, I tried really hard to be the cool mom. I know her me friends too. liked me. Me too. Right, everybody came to my house. And I'm, I can, I mean, it was like all the friends came to my house. So we hung on at my house. Right, but I'm going to be honest, there was also manipulation behind that. Because if I knew, and I've, and I've said this to people, if everybody comes to my house, then I know what my kid's doing. Absolutely, I made that very clear. And what changed in this whole thing when I got out of kind of when I honestly when I got out of the way and I stopped trying to control I and this just happened probably in the last really the last year my son actually tells me things we talk um we've had some wonderful conversations now here's a really odd part and people think if they hear this they think it's really strange I have not had a I have not heard my oldest son's voice. I take the back. I did talk to him for like two seconds on Saturday. Other than that, I probably have not heard his voice in three weeks. I don't talk to my son hardly ever. But you guys text. We text. 
But Colin talks to him every day. At the end of the day, all I care about as his mom is my son is alive and well. What he does in his life doesn't matter. As long as he's happy and he's alive, what more can I ask for? That's true. So I hear his voice every day. I don't need to be picking up the phone and blowing him up and what what are you doing? I haven't heard from you. Where are you doing? You, or you got to call me every Sunday at five o'clock and you've got to stop whatever you're doing. I said, you didn't call me at five o'clock on Sunday or, you know. And so I yeah. just got out of the way. And because I got out of the way, now he calls me for the important stuff. He calls me when he needs something and not just in an I need something money or right it's right something I spilled wine on my carpet how do i get it out right um or classes class is hard and i need to talk it out or i want to share something recovery related or yes. i got in a fight with my best friend what should i do yes i love the relationship that i now have with my two oldest kids who are 18 and 20, almost 21, mm-hmm. um, because Coda has taught me how to how to give them an opinion in their own lives. Yeah. How to respect them in their own lives. Just last night, and I, this is a story I was going to tell earlier. Um, just last night, Destiny was here. I got back from vacation. She came over for dinner for Nick's birthday and just to celebrate and see us. And while she was here, we talked about uh, calamari. So calamari, I had on the boat. I tasted it yeah. for the second time in my life. The first time, Destiny was about 14 years old, and we went to this restaurant in town. And we have two very different memories of how this dinner went. So my memory, it was me and the three kids, and we were really excited because we got to go out together, which didn't happen often. So I took them out to dinner to a fancy restaurant in town. And on the menu was calamari. Well, I knew it was snail, or I thought it was snail. We thought it was snail. Come to find out it's actually squid. Uh We thought it was snail. It is squid, but we thought it was snails. So anyways, escargot, that's, I knew that. Anyways, it gets to the table and the four of us, Cameron is probably, I don't know, two or three, at, maybe three or four at the time. Destiny is 14. Jeb is like 12. We're sitting at the table and we're looking at it and it's. <laughs> you got the tentacles. Come to find out. And the whole bit. It was fried, right? It was fried. So we didn't know exactly what it was. Come to find out it was undercooked. It was raw. Um, I only know that now because I ate it on the cruise and it was not raw. (laughs) So we're all sitting at the table and we're looking at this and it's not cheap. And I didn't have the money for this very often. And my rule as a mom for the kids at that point was you don't have to eat everything, but you have to at least taste everything. You have to at least taste it once. And Jeb tasted it and Cam tasted it and I tasted it and we laughed and we gagged a little and we were like, no, absolutely not. And Destiny wouldn't taste it. (laughs) And I just remember like 
for me, my perception of this is kind of like a, oh no, we all did. You have to too. You're going to eat it and you got to taste everything once. That's the rule. Taste it. And she tasted it. It was awful. We leave. And she called Nick crying about how bad it was. Not like literally crying, but like complaining. Yeah. That's my version of it. Destiny's version of it is very, very, very different from that. Her version of it is that there was an argument at the dinner table and she refused to eat it. And I forced her to eat squid. And she called her dad crying about it. And I forced her to eat it. And those are two very different perceptions of how that took place. And yet they're not. Mm -hmm. They're both accurate. They're both real. I forced her to taste something that she did not want to taste. Who cares? She was 14 years old. You think at 14 years old, you don't know whether or not you want to put something in your damn mouth. Right? Who, who doesn't have the right to say, I will not eat that. I will not swallow that. My child did not have that right. Yep. Not in my opinion. Same. We were going to sit at that damn table and you were going to eat that fucking calamari. That's all there was to it. It is very difficult to not try to force or control or manipulate. What CODA has given me, what recovery has given me, is my youngest child who says to me all of a sudden as the pizza is going in the oven... I don't like pizza anymore. What? You just ate pizza a week ago. What do you mean you don't like it anymore? Well, you're not eating. All right, whatever. Go make yourself a sandwich. I don't care. Right? I'm not going to make you a sandwich because you don't want to eat what I'm making. Right. But go have another. Go have a sandwich if you want to make it. You don't want pizza? Don't eat the pizza. Go eat a sandwich. Go eat some ramen noodles. I don't care, but I ain't making you something different. Exactly. No. Now, had that been one of my older two, it didn't matter which one, one of my older two, I don't give a shit if you like pizza or not. That's what's for dinner. Is You're going to sit down and you're going to eat. And if you're not going to eat it, well, good night. Yep. Oh, I, those were the rules. So Mark and I used to have battles. This would be Colin's dad, my, my second husband, with Dylan because there was a lot of... And I and I just being honest, um, a lot of manipulation with Dylan to control the other person. So we use Dylan to control and two married adults try using a child to control the other person. Oh yeah, that happens a lot. Uh huh. Yep. And so Nick there was, and I did it with Cameron. Oh yeah, I'm sure. God, it's so crazy. I mean, how unfair? How unfair? I've, uh, we used to battle about, like, going back to the food thing, like, Mark would be, it depend, and this was, like, I would, it would go through like this. One night, I would, Dylan wouldn't want to eat anything, and Mark would not say, be saying anything, but I would force Dylan to eat it. Like, I, you're going to sit here, da, 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 da. The next night, Mark would have something up his ass, and he'd be, you know, you're going to eat this and you da da And I'd be like, you're not going to make my son eat anything he doesn't want to eat. And if he doesn't want to eat it and I'll get up and I'll make. And it could be, a, it could be just two different nights, back to back nights. And it was literally, I would swing 
just yep. to control. See, and I did it different. I would, um, I would back off. Right. So if I felt like fighting, I would take more control. I would step in more often. I, I would uh, take the kids out and do stuff with them. Mm. I would be over exuberantly fun mom to where I could show you just how much we don't need you. Look how good I am with my kids. It's us against the world. You're an outsider. And then when I didn't want to fight, when I wanted it to be easy sailing and I was, things were good or I was feeling tired of fighting or, you know, whatever. I just didn't, I wasn't up for the fight. I would back off. If one of the kids so much as looks sideways, they'd be grounded to their room for a week and I wouldn't say shit about it. Mm. It, it's, it, it, it was very much still using the kids to control the other person. And it wasn't intentional. I didn't know that that's what I was doing. Not until I began to get involved with CODA and recovery and look at emotional sobriety and how I could live within myself and be true to myself, I had to first spread. I didn't even realize the things that I was doing. It wasn't intentional. Right, right. Using the kids to manipulate someone. But that's what it was. And I think people do that every single day in their day-to-day lives. Oh, I could, Hell. Sh- I could share a million stories. A million stories of how I've m- tried, I've manipulated or said things to my mother about things they've chosen to do. Um, ex-husbands, friends um co-workers my kids shit the list could go on forever isn't that what we do day to day at work yes change our behaviors and our interactions with those around us in order to get the result that we want yep if i don't want someone to be angry at me because when they're angry at me they yell and i don't like it when they yell And I know that if I walk into the warehouse without the vest on, they're going to be angry and they're going to yell. I make sure I put my vest on in order to make sure they don't yell. That's manipulation on both ends. That's manipulation. But that's what we do in our day-to-day life. So I'm going to share another side of um, a a story that happened um, today. My mother, I have learned to manipulate um, from the best of them. Um, And that is my mother. (laughs) Um, I love you, mom, but you know, you know. (laughs) Um, So, and as you know, we we lost a a member of our uh, work at You Are Worth It community um, recently and uh, found out today and I was struggling a little bit this morning and just obviously just feeling feeling the loss and um I called my mom on my way to physical therapy today and I was she I, I didn't say anything I was just talking to her about some things checking in and she's like are you okay I was like yeah I said I'm just I'm I'm just feeling it today just I'm just just feeling a little feeling a little sad and she's like well I understand she's like you know um it you know it's hard and 
she asked me what happened and you know we talked for a couple minutes and she's like you well you really sound like you need some time she's like you know you're driving why don't you take some time and meditate on what you're feeling and just fo just focus and deal with your feelings until you get to physical therapy and then you can go and have a good a, a good appointment and she's like so i'm gonna let you go so hung up and that was so not my mother's mo normally my mom would have been like well you know you couldn't do any can't do anything about it you know when it's somebody's time it's somebody's time and you know it would have just been it would have been that kind of a situation right and I, so I went, because I went to the physical therapy, got out, and I, I got in the car, and of course my mind, you know, I was distracted for the hour, so my, of course my mind went back to it after I left, and I got in the car, and I was like, I was thinking about my mom, and I'm like, wow. And normally in the past, I would have done nothing. But I picked up the phone, and I called her, and I said, I want to thank you. I, a lot of times I will come at you when you cross my boundaries or you, you're being codependent or whatever. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll point it out to you or I'll point out you're crossing my boundaries or how, you know, and I said, but I don't tell you enough when you don't, when you give me exactly what I need and how, and, and how much I appreciate when you give me what I need. And that's what... She did that today for me. And I didn't want to be fixed. I didn't, you know, and I think that's so much of it. It's like, I know when I'm trying, when I'm doing it, I'm trying to make things better for other people. But right. sometimes we can't make things better for other people. I, and honestly, there's no worse feeling than the feeling that someone is trying to fix me. Yeah. I needed to, I need to feel what I'm feeling. I need to process what I what I'm feeling. How do I even have a rational thought about something if I have I can't even process it? Yeah, I mean, I, if I want to sit in my own shit, let me sit in my own shit. Yeah, I don't, don't stop trying to make me better. Right. I don't want to be better in that moment. I need if I I think one of the things we do we try to put on these masks constantly of trying to, you know, thinking about what other people are going to think about us or look how they're going to look at us or how and sometimes I need to be sad sometimes I need to be angry sometimes I need I want to be happy sometimes I want to be I just I don't know maybe I'm just having an off day and I want to I just want to be an introvert on my couch and I don't want to talk to anybody and there's nothing wrong with that right I don't need somebody to come in and try to cheer me up or fix it or make me better let me, you know, go ahead. Sorry, what just struck me with everything that we just said is there's no worse feeling than the feeling of someone trying to fix me. Yeah. How many people have I tried to fix that I love desperately and how have they felt? Right. I mean, we're talking. I was trying to fix them. Yeah, we're talking about how bad it makes us feel. And then we're turning around and justifying it and thinking it's okay to do it to somebody else. And man, we're, there, we're hurting them just as much as, the, that, as we hurt. Yeah. I mean, all those times that 
I fought with destiny about not quitting school and about not moving in with her ex-boyfriend and all of those times that I fought with her about those things, how she must have felt, I thought, about her life. And I didn't. I didn't think she was broken. I didn't think she was messed up. I didn't think anything negative about her life at all. But when someone's trying to fix me, right, if I'm sad and they try to make me happy, I feel as though they are not okay with where I am. Right. I think about, you know, like the kids and like with, you know, with Destiny and, you know, not being okay with her life choices is a way, in a way, it can be telling her she's not enough. She's not good enough. Absolutely. She's not doing good enough and she needed to do better. And right. that is how that is how Destiny has always told me mm-hmm. that she has felt. And it doesn't matter how many times I've told her that she's amazing and I'm proud of her and I love her and I think she's doing amazing and I think she's intelligent and I think she's kind and caring. Like I could go on and on with the list. And I tell her all of those things. But my actions were in that time that she needed to be fixed. Her life needed to be fixed. And therefore, it wasn't, it was broken. It Mm -hmm. wasn't good. It wasn't right. And I just never considered that. I never... Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? When we learn, we, we grow. And in those times, I could not see what I was doing. I don't know about you. So last year, when we, I took Dylan to Texas, one of the things, we had this, this big blowout fight thing. And we, after a while, he told, you know, he told me, he's like, I, I, he's like, I always feel like I'm not good enough. I always feel like I'm like a failure. I'm always trying to, I'm always trying to be more for you, like more. Like I'm trying to, like I'm going to let you down. Yes. And he has said that stuff more than just last year when I'm, when he moved to Texas, right? The difference is I never listened before. Like I didn't have the capacity to hear anything he was ever saying because I was so worried about being right that there was no way my son was going to tell me what that I didn't know what was best for him and so these blinders these walls went up and I couldn't hear it I couldn't see it and I wouldn't before you go any further I want to interrupt um because it's not that I don't believe that it's that you needed to be right. And I think that to say that cuts yourself very, very short. And I think our listeners who are sitting out there, when they hear that, they go, yeah, but I don't really need to be right. I believe, for me at least, it wasn't that I needed to be right. It was that to be a good mom meant that I knew better than my child. Okay, that is definitely a better way to say it. You're 100% right. Right? And and if I knew best, my job was to guide my child in that direction of best. 
And as a mom, we're supposed to know best. And in that moment, in that moment, I know in that moment, you believed what you were doing was the best. It wasn't that you needed to be right. No, you're right. You're right about that. Because I didn't. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. You're right. No, you're right. You're right, right. All right, go ahead and finish. I just wanted to make sure we put that. Because I, right, I just, like, yeah. if I heard that, as a, I would be like, nah, I don't really need to be right. But then to hear it be like, as a mom, I felt like I knew best. And my job as a mom was to guide my kid on the right, air quotes, correct path. That was why I did it. Yeah, you're, yeah, that definitely a better, better way to say it. And, and 100% more accurate. 100% more accurate because that is really what I that's really what I was thinking and feeling and so yeah but then my question would be it's like right if we go outside of our children I've done this I felt in, and done these same things with other people right yes I don't want to just focus on my children because there's a lot of people that are going to be listening that are not that cannot maybe relate to the children aspect but I've done it with partners. Um, parents. Parents, right? Here's one thing that I've done in the past. And um, and my mom used to do this to me and I hated it. And it's one of these stories that I tell all the time about how, and my one of my girlfriends in uh, young, in middle school, high school, elementary, whatever, We'd laugh because my, we'd be sitting on the couch watching a movie and in the middle of the movie, my mom would make us pause the VCR and get up so she could straighten the blanket. And then we could sit back down and finish the movie. And um, I, th- that story cracks me up every time we tell it. We laugh about it. We joke about it. But I did the same. Why did she make you fix the blanket? Because it was a mess. It needed to be straightened. I don't know. I don't know. Can't tell you. But she did it. She's going to laugh when she hears it because she knows it's true because we make fun of her for it all the time. But it was a thing. It was a thing in okay. my house. Yep. It was weird. Don't know why. And I can till, I can still picture this. So she crocheted it. It was a blanket that she crocheted. It was orange, brown. I think it had a little bit of yellow in it, burnt orange, right? It was that kind of colors. And it was laying on the couch and it would get all bunched up because we one of us would be sitting at one end, one of us would be sitting at the other. And then she'd, yep, make us get up. She'd fix it. And then we could sit back down. Wow. Okay. Yes. That was the level of control in my house growing up. And that was par for the course. Um, but remember, I'm also, I've told you this, uh, for me growing up, it was all about perception. Right? keep the facade going so nobody could see what was the what was going on behind closed doors stuff right everything had to look good yes so that was the way my mom was raised i was raised so from it it makes sense to me now i mean it doesn't make sense because who cares if the blanket's messed up you should see my couch right now right but if somebody walked into the house and the blanket was messed up that was a problem exactly now, growing up, we didn't have people come to my house because, again, you have people come to your house, they might see behind the walls. Right, but it didn't matter. Somebody could. Exactly. I get it. That's yeah. how my house was. Yes. 
So anyways, um, one of the things I would do with partners was is I would complain because things wouldn't be done. And I, of course, felt had some of the same issues with nobody would ever come to my house. But what if somebody did? But they would do it and they wouldn't do it right. They yep. wouldn't do it my way. Nick doesn't even bother making the bed anymore because every single time he does, I come in and I redo it. So today, and I love that you use that example because I, I didn't even think about, I mean, I did think about this briefly this morning. Colin, right, he's, it's his last year before going to college. So I, you know, he's not working. I've kind of let him just enjoy the summer. Um, so he's been staying up way too late. So this morning I'm sitting in here working and it's like, nine ten o'clock and he comes out of his room and he's like I can't sleep can I go lay in your bed sure go lay in my bed I don't care so he goes in my room and I said but you got to make my bed because I make my bed every morning it's just something I started doing with recovery that makes me happy me too me too <laughs> never did it before but in recovery I make my bed so I was like you got to make my bed and so he slept most of the day away. And then I go in earlier to look at my bed. Oh, my God, Ashley, my bed. It is still sitting the exact same way he made it. Because if I change that, if I redo it, I am showing with my actions that what he did was not good enough. Yep. How my bed is made right now. I mean, it's, oh, it's, you should see it. It's, it's, it, it, it's hilarious. It's cute. If with quotes around it, because, right? Yeah, because it's not really, it's just made. It's just made. And the comforter is like, like barely over the side on one side. And that's way long. It's just, it's just, it's such like not. It's still, you know what? It's still the same way it was when he made it because it's done. It's done. He did exactly what I asked him to do. Make my bed. And if you're anything like me, you'll leave it like that until the moment before you get into it. And then you'll really quick fix it and climb into a nice, comfortably made bed. And your actions left it that way all day long. But you still got exactly what you want. That's 100% what I'm going to do. And I would do that <laughs> with partners. I would do that with my mom. I would do that with everybody. But now I don't have to do that because, right, not doing it, not fixing it, not controlling has nothing to do with them being good or good enough, good, not good, good or good, not good enough. It's really a reflection of my inner peace because that doesn't affect me. Right. Your ability to let shit go. Yep. And really, when it comes down to it, that's all my control is. It has absolutely nothing to do with anyone else. It is about my ability to let shit go. It yep. is about my ability to believe that the other person can take care of their business. And their life might look a, might look a heck of a lot different than mine. But it's not any less valuable. It's not less than. And it's not broken. And it's not broken. 
it's not broken. If it's not broken, it doesn't need to be fixed. Right? We're not toys. It's not broken. Not broken. I think that's a great place to end this. It is. Um, Ashley, if you don't mind, I would like to take off just uh, 10 minutes of uh, just silence in recognition of the individual that we lost. That Did you say 10 minutes? No, no, no. 10 seconds. Just, just a moment of silence. Yes, Sorry. I would love to uh, in recognition of, of that person and, and our thoughts with, with them and their family. I'm going to just set a timer here and it'll go off and then we'll finish it up. Um, Ashley, thank you for another amazing podcast. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Dawn and listeners. And uh, I look forward to next week. Look forward to next week. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. We would like to thank you for joining us on this journey of self-discovery. Visit the Work It website at workityouareworthit.com to submit your questions and topics for future episodes. And remember, work it because you are worth it.